once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Thank you, Mr. Ward, for that introduction. As you guys know, my name is Wardy Ward, and I'm the host of this podcast. If this is your first time listening, please hit that like, subscribe, or follow button. We really appreciate that, and it helps us out. On this particular episode of What's Up Aboard the Podcast, we are ecstatic to talk to vocal royalty today. We have the singing group known as Ingram Street, featuring the brothers Woody and Miguel here today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having us. What's All up, right. Ward? Thanks for having us on, man. Man, we're glad to have you, too. So uh, before we get started, I just want to know a little background about you guys. And uh, tell me a little bit about where you guys are from, uh, where you're living at, and uh, if you do anything else besides singing. <laughs> we're from Columbus, Ohio. That's where we're from, born and raised. That's where we currently live. And so uh, yeah, we've been doing music since we were little kids. Ages of four and six. Wow, you ever doing it that? Okay, who's, who's the oldest? Okay. <laughs> well, the oldest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Man, he thinks he's the oldest, but I'm really the oldest. He tries to be. Yeah, yeah, okay. So y'all been doing this since four and six, man. What was the uh, uh, interest? How'd you get involved with, with singing at such a young age? I don't, it just happened. Like I guess our parents, because they just played music all the time around the house, and you know we just listened to a lot of music. Especially my father, he just he was a record collector, and he just always blasting music, and that's how we got into it. So we listened to his music, and we started listening to the radio, we started getting our own information, and we just took it from there. And my dad, he's a singer. He was a singer too. So and my mom, she knows she didn't sing, but a lot of people on her side of the family they played instruments, they were in band. It was almost like we couldn't help but be, you know, <laughs> it yeah. was just all around it. Yeah, yeah. So at what point did you guys say, let's just start our own thing, just you two? Where, where, where did that come from? Oh, that's a long story. So yeah, that's a really long I'm, story. I'm going to start this story <laughs> off, and I'm going to just pass it on to him and let him finish it out. But actually, we have three sisters, right? So when we were real, when we were kids, we had a family singing group. And so, our dad, he took real interest in us, and we would have to perform for his family and his co-workers and all of that. So we just took us around. We just became so um, used to performing in front of him. And we yeah. would even sometimes have, because there was a lot of kids in our neighborhood growing up, and he would even have people, you know, like all the kids in the neighborhood come and into our basement and watch us perform. Wow. So that was our beginning of Man, like we just went through the years of just having different groups. Like we were always creating groups. Um, yeah. My brother, he was in the rap group, and then we had different singing groups. Um, and then we progressed to the point where we were in a group called Up the Par. Five. Okay. Oh, okay. We were all we are all best friends. Uh, mm-hmm. 
two of the members ended up passing away. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, the, the other member that was still with us, he did, he wanted to do more behind the scenes, so he actually produces a lot of our music today. Yeah, so we still work with the third, the third member. Okay. Yeah. But but even though like when it was just us two, we decided to you know, rebrand as English Street. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering, was there any more members of the group? Because you know how Destiny's Child started out with this many people. Then you see a unsung, it's like some other people. I just wondered who else was going to come out. So I know anybody else going to be there. So now, since you guys been doing this, uh, what's the goal? Are you guys trying to do this, uh, making your main income, just, just singing? Or, or do you have nine to fives too? Or you... Yeah, we do. I mean, I, mean, just, I mean, just being transparent. So we do other you know things too because we do our music but and, and we do you know have income coming in from it but it's never it's not to the point where we're like okay this is all we can do and that's it so we would love to be to the point where this is all we can do <laughs> okay okay yeah that's the goal man that's yeah but we, we write songs um we've worked on other things like cartoons we work on a cartoon project we have a theme song for a cartoon we've okay. uh working as an artist so we're looking at different avenues uh, within entertainment because there's a lot of things that we do not even in addition to writing songs we write stories so I mean, there's a there's like a lot there that we can um, work from but yeah the ultimate goal is to yeah do what we love to do as our main income so yes yeah it's okay. time to build up to that point mm-hmm. so well, how, how did this affect you guys when, when COVID went? Because I know that changed a lot for everybody, kind of slowed everything down. So how did it affect you guys, if at all? Oh, it did. It did affect us big time. Because when we were releasing our album, Paint the Town, Paint the Town which is our current album, um, when we were gearing up for that, we had a big release show that we were going to do in the park downtown. But... As soon, you know, right when we were going to have the show, which was March of 2020. March of 2020. That's okay. A couple of weeks before that, right. yeah. Is yeah. when we had the, they started shutting everything down. Mm. We had things lined up. We were going to be on local television station. Yeah. We had an interview there. We did, we had an interview on um, PBS. That still ended up airing because we actually did a performance in that. So that ended up airing, but as far as the actual release concert for the CD, that got shut down. Oh man, man! So, so, so then it was like, man, well, what do we do? What are we gonna do? But it's like the thing with, and, and I know you probably when you look back on when we first had the news of it and how you know that was unprecedented, right? We never experienced anything right, yeah. prior to it. Um, that was the bigger picture of safety. You know, it was like we were crushed about. You know, not being able to put our album out, but then again, we were just like, okay, we just gotta figure out how to survive this. You know, first and foremost, and that everybody, our family, our loved ones, everybody stay through it. And so yeah, so, then you gotta remember at the time when COVID came out, there wasn't a vaccine. Nobody knew how long it was gonna last. Right. Yeah. I mean, not only were, not only were we affected. But from the bigger picture, you saw sports get affected. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Like the NCAA tournament got canceled. Like, yeah. That? <laughs> NBA, yeah. they had to finish the season in a bubble. Right. Yeah. So we're kind of looking and seeing how, okay, how other artists are going to uh, um, navigate the situation because people still need to hear music. 
Hell yeah, yeah. So we were just kind of like on standby, and then we saw uh, Versus came out. Yeah, yeah. And we started doing online, you know, shows. Shows, and they started creating yeah, different um, ways to get their music out. Then you had, uh, for a while, um, DJ Cassidy did the, um, Pass the Mic. He had Pass the Mic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pass the Mic, yep. Yeah, he brought the old school back, and, you know, everybody was, you know, so people were creative, you know, they, they got really creative and helping us get through it, which we really appreciate. So, mm. so we ended up filming three, three video videos that summer. Three? Yeah, we ended up okay. filming three. In the town, the town, friend zone, and keeping it special. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so we we ended up just changing the marketing. We ended up um, we ended up doing friend zone as the first single. We got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we just really the remix, the remix, and that's yeah. going to be last week. And that's going to be our new album, um, Streetlights, which is a remix. Album. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell me the, the background or the friend zone. What, what's it about? What, what, what y'all wrote this show, right? Yeah. Okay. I think I know what it is, but tell me what, what was y'all process? What was y'all? Man, well, we were trying to think of things that appeal to people. And all the time on social media, you know, messages, you know, people talking in chats, everybody's always talking about getting friends in Right. And that was like a big topic. So um, one idea I had, because um, I'm a big Marvin Gaye fan. Yeah. So like going through his his catalog, two of his favorite songs, Heard It Through the Grapevine and um, Ain't That Peculiar, like yeah. those are fast and happy songs, right? But I never, but when you sit down and you listen the lyrics to the and see what the words are saying, Marvin Gaye is getting played in both songs. Yeah. So I said, you know what? It'd be cool if we wrote a song that kind of did that same thing. Like it's a happy, upbeat song, but really the song, we're kind of getting rejected by the girl. Yeah. That's how um, the friends old concept came up. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a hot topic right now. Since uh, uh, the guy who, the relationship guy who died, uh, Kevin Samuels, he was really getting all that, you know, really going there. So, oh, man, yeah, yeah. So when I was when I was listening to the song, I was like, "What are they talking about too? Like about paying for meals and things and all that stuff? Was all that included in there too?" Or? Well, it, whatever the experience of the person is, because in the beginning it, it talks about how we started out so cool. Every night, we're on the phone talking, right, right, things like that. So at some point, the girl decides, you know, yeah, I don't want to go further with it. when everything is going good. Then all of a sudden, you think you're making progress, and they can go, yeah, I only see you as a friend. Yeah. The rest yeah. of the song, we try to figure out how to get out of it. But <laughs> you notice, it's still at the end. It still leaves you to, you know, the, the, it's not the conclusion of the story. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the song, it ends with you. How can I get out of the transit? Mm-hmm. Feels like that. We continue. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's gonna be a part two to that one. <laughs> right. Right. He doesn't know. Yeah. So, what's a typical day like for you guys when you're in the uh, process of writing an album? How much time do you have to put in there? Or is, is it like late night at the studios, like they're on TV, like three, four o'clock in the morning? Or, yeah, because I know. I know Woody, I think you, you're an insurance agent or something too, aren't you? Yep, I do yeah. insurance. 
I do that too. So yeah, I got a little. So, so do I. So, so does he? Oh, you just, do it too? Just be different. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do life. He does commercial. I do commercial. Okay. Yeah. My I don't even use my license. I I just wanted to take the test and I got it. And I got an accident health and some other stuff. I don't even use it, man. I was just it was a free free license, so I took it. But yeah. Ooh. So so <laughs> what, what's the day like for you guys when you're trying to juggle? Uh, you know that home work life balance and other obligations I know you guys have how do you get in the studio and still make a hit um that's a great question we thanked our engineer we have an engineer who is great so um we go in the studio it's like we we work out our schedule with them to see when they can record us and, and like you said it's not typical albums so right yeah we have to do later we don't, we don't we're not in a, we're not in a studio anymore in the like we used to be back in the day we used to be in the studio to two in the morning yeah recording, you know but we don't we, we can't do that anymore like you said we're you know older now we have other obligations like those that's when we were teenagers we didn't even have any other obligations but now that we do we still have to we still we're not on prime time like um, during the day but we do have some you know, some unique hours. <laughs> but two, I think when you record it so long, a lot of things kind of come natural. You don't have to okay. go in there and spend hours and hours. Because now there's different ways that you can record yourself. You can flush out ideas. So we usually have a lot of our ideas flushed out before, mm-hmm. before we even go, go into the studio. So, okay. But sometimes what happens is... When you get to the studio and then you lay it down, it doesn't it doesn't always come out the way you, you thought. So you, sometimes you have to go back to the Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're listening sure. to it over and over. You're listening to it, right. And you're fine to come things because you want it to be the best it possibly can be, you know, for public consumption. And because you're being critical, your ear, ears to become dull. And even the engineers sometimes are like, okay, this is cool. And then you go back and play in the car. Play or you, you you give it some time to marinate and you go back and listen to it. And you're like, well, this don't really sound. Yeah, he's like, how do we let this pass? As we thought yeah. it did. <laughs> you have to go back and fix that part in this part. Right. Yeah. But, but, but it's funny, like, as far as creatively, how the albums always come together. A lot of times we're just writing songs just for the sake of writing the songs. And then okay. Songs. Yeah. Next thing you know, we come up with a concept. How we of what we want the album to be. Huh? Sometimes the songs we've written might not fit the concept. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, now what we want is taking a whole new direction. Mm. Okay, now let's write songs specifically to fit this concept. Which okay. Is like another song that we've already written, right? So then it kind of fills out on the scene. I see. So. And then you have to put the song within a certain time frame too. Was it like three to four minutes you got to make the song? We well, are using for, for radio edits, <laughs> yeah, for radio of that nature. But <laughs> we have sometimes we have like album songs, like for example, on our last project in Think of Town, our song we have a song called Hold On, and it's really good because it was timely because it you know my brother wrote that song, but and then the pandemic happened, and we know that. The pandemic, it caused people to be isolated. People got depressed, and rightfully so. But it's a positive song saying, like, no matter what you're dealing with, hold on because things will get better. But because of the, the gravity of that song, it's not your typical three to four minutes. How long is that song? That song's like six minutes. It's like six minutes. <laughs> wow. 
But it, it is towards the end of the album. But that's how, if you think about it though, like back in the day, if you think about like the groups that um, made albums and they like only had like six songs on the album because the songs were so long. Yeah, you're right. Back then. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Like Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Yeah. It's going to be like 10 minutes of songs. And that's probably <laughs> one of the songs per album. But then also, too, like the Isaac Brothers, they'd have a part one and a part two on the album. But then, mm-hmm. you know, it was just really Yeah. It just depends. Like, if we, if we have to shorten a song because we're specifically marketing that song as a single, then we'll do that later. But we kind of go with the feeling of how long is it going to take us to really get in this song? What do we want the listener to feel? Yes. If it takes three minutes to or six, and that's what determines how long it's going to be. Okay. You, got, you guys both sing the same parts? Like tenor, alto? Yeah. Yeah, we're probably, we're yeah, probably we're yeah, second tenor. But he's hired. I mean, like, he, his range, like, from the high side, he can go higher. Like, we're both, people think, consider us both to be high voices, higher voices, but he's higher than me. <laughs> he hit the oh. high notes. Okay. Really. Yeah. But, but then, really, then the two depends sings what as far as getting the um how we want the song to look like what voice is going to best complement the way you want the song yeah the song we just had the part I wrote I didn't feel like my voice gave it what it needed so I made him sing Okay. Yeah, it's actually a title song. It's, it's a song we put. So the album's called Streetlights because this one that we're coming out with, because it's primarily remixes of past songs that we recorded on past albums, but we call it Streetlights because our name is Ingram Street, and then all the remixes are putting our songs in a new light. So Streetlights. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so we decided since we were coming out with a remix album, we're going to put some brand new songs on this album too. And so we didn't have a title song called Streetlights when we came up with the concept. So we wrote a song called Streetlights, and that's the song he's talking about where it started off me singing the first verse, and then he sang the second verse, and then he was like in the studio, I want you to sing the second verse too. So I was like, I'll try it. So that's, you know, kind of. Yeah. And after he sang the second verse, he loved singing the second verse. There you go. I thought you loved me singing the second verse. That's it. Either way, so so what? What people are probably going to hear is me singing the pretty much the lead on the title. Yeah. Who would you say y'all sound is similar like? If anybody. That's a tough. tough. You know why? There's not any. There isn't any brother duos. Yeah. Well, let me think. Last one I can think of is Casey and JoJo. And we had to. Go ahead. We had others. Uh, but their last ones that we can think of. And like our sounds. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I, I didn't even think about no other deer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Joe see what it? But it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> did you guys ever think about adding a female to the group? Uh, no, but we try to incorporate different, like sometimes if a track, like, you know, this sound, this sound good, we had a woman on it. We've had some tracks like that. Okay. okay. Yeah, because like on our last album, Escapism, the one prior to this current one, um, on the title song, Escapism, there's a group out of Cincinnati, there's a group of females called Elements of Music. 
we use them on that song. And then we have another song called Euphoria where we use the female vocalist and so we do incorporate female voices in our music because it gives it a right. different feel and another layer to add. That we we don't we can't always give the song, you know, depending on what we're looking for. Yeah. Um when you guys remixed the friend zone, how did you hook up with DJ Soul Child? Did you know him? No, so what happened, that's a great question. So what happened was like I'm always as a record I still collect vinyl even in 2022. I love physical, um, even in the digital world. But the way yeah. that I find my music is always on the internet first. Like because I don't rely on the radio today because you know radio only plays I'm talking about mainstream radio. They okay. only play, you know, a certain amount of songs and they rotate those same songs. So I go on um, websites such as Soul Bounce and Soul Tracks, which Soul Tracks has given us English to a lot of shout out to Soul Tracks. Um, also, you know, I got Soul. There's plenty of, you know, um, websites you can go to to find out what hot, you know, musically, right? Yeah. So I was on a, one of those websites and I found a, a remix by DJ Soul Child for Soul Sonic, <laughs> open out the window. And so then I checked out his other remixes. He has one with Chris Brown for from China. He has one with Charlie Wilson, one with Joe. And every remix I heard by him, I loved it. So I was like, I always told my brother when we were when we finished the Friend Zone originally, I was like, I have an idea for a remix, and this is what I want. But we need to find someone who can make it happen. So I reached out to DJ Soul Child on social media. Okay. I was like, we love, your, we love your remixes. Could you remix one of our songs? And he came back and was like, I've been following you guys for two years now. Wow. You know, into you guys' music, and I'm very impressed. So I would love that opportunity. So that's how we met. So I was taken away, like, you know who we are. <laughs> yeah, nice. So it was, it was really tight. Like, I'm so thankful to, you know, get the opportunity to work with him because he hooked the song up more than my expectations. He exceeded it, you know? Yeah. I mean, he just took it to another level. So we are really thankful to have him in this new thing. So you didn't have to go to the studio or nothing, you just give it to him and he does his work and send it back. Yes. But here's okay, but here's the thing though. Um, I do want to tell you that with some of the remixes, we actually well, I guess only one really, we did go back and re-record some of our vocals. Not for oh. friend zone, but um we did go back and redo some vocals um to make uh, one yeah, of the Yeah, 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 yeah. We did have to go back and change a few vocals. So, but, but on but on friend zone, friend zone he yeah, just he just, just we didn't have to do anything extra. He just took it and just took it and did his thing. Did his thing. Okay. And speaking of which, this week which we found out today, friend zone DJ Soul Chop remix is number three, three on Amazon. UK UK Amazon uh, R and B digital singles. Man. Yep. Yes. We just bought it out on Friday. Wow. Um, really excited about it. Okay. You guys are all national now, all around the world. Yes. Oh, man. So how y'all got three albums out? Is that it? Three on your on your belt so far? Two and then this forthcoming Good. So so what's next for you guys? What, what do you guys want to do? I know, I know you got the virtual concert coming up. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we got to plug the, definitely got to plug the virtual concert. It's Sunday, August 21st. We will be, uh, it's online only. We will be performing 
Um, we will also have a special guest, legendary Mr. Philip Ingram of Switch. Yes, yes. So that is um, tickets are still available. Um, of course, because it's virtual, um, there's no limit. So we want everybody to um, check out the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Website www.ingramstreetmusic.com, and then you can purchase a ticket. It's going to take you to Crowdcast. That is the platform in which the concert is going to air. Okay. That'll be 7 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, August 21st. Okay, that's that's coming up quick. It's going to be a great time. That's coming up quick. Now, is Philip singing with you guys? He's going to be just doing his own thing? or he, He's going to be doing his own thing, and it might be some surprises. <laughs> it's going to be some surprises, but yeah, it'll be a concert where we are going to showcase, have a showcase for industry, and Philip is going to do a showcase. Okay. Now, is he, how is he related to you guys? Is he? We don't know. We don't know for sure, but there's <laughs> okay, so, possibly. Yeah, it, it's, there's so it's many, many possibilities. possibilities. It's yeah. not real. Yeah. It's not real. <laughs> we are so thankful to have him uh, aboard of the project because I think um, we have been talking about doing something together for a long time. And because he's from Akron, right? And so we're from Columbus. So that's only like two hours away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're all from Ohio. And, um, we were actually talking about working on something before the pandemic, but it didn't happen. So since he's out in LA and his team is out there and we're as a kid, we just thought it'd be best to do to start off doing something virtual. So that's why we continue to mm-hmm. We're happy to have him. Yes. Again, we're speaking with the music group known as Ingram Street. For those of you who just joined in or maybe listening, I know that you guys had also visited the um, there was a festival you went to, the Black Music Honor Show. Both of you guys went to that? No, I, it was just me. How was that? I, I had never heard about that. How, how was it? And who all did you meet? Like, again, this was like the first year they had it since the pandemic, I think. But before the pandemic, they were having it down in Nashville. And okay. this year I went, I went, it was me and my sister that went. We went to Nashville. We had family there too. And we went to um, the Black Music Founders. And that year, they honored the Jacksons, Jody Watley. Mm. Uh, Slick Rick, I think, is really fresh. It was a really good show, and um, and, and they did a, a tribute to um, um, Donnie Hathaway and Shanice. It was uh, Tony Terry. I'm sorry, Donnie Hathaway and Roberta Flack, and Tony Terry and Shanice did that tribute. So it was a really good show. When we go to see it, they tape it live, so you, you're you're in the audience while they're live taping it. For TV. <clears throat> And they air it on Bounce TV. I really wish it would be on like BET or a bigger platform. Yeah. So this year, I found out that they were having it again live, and um, this time in Atlanta. So I went, and it was excellent again. This year was the Whispers that were, were attributed uh, Karen White, yeah, Terry Hilson, Mary Mary, um, Drew Hill, Drew Hill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, even more than that. <laughs> A really amazing show and so i got to go again and um you know i got to meet someone oh i met pj morgan he was there he did a tribute to marvin gay you know, he's part of Maroon five the pop group but he yeah. has his own album everybody was cool it was just a good great experience to be around so much talent and greatness yeah now when you guys do your upcoming show how do you feel about doing that is this is it nervous energy to do that or 
is it just second nature to just get out there and just go? Oh, it's always nervous energy. <laughs> Absolutely. But once you get out there and you get into it, man, it, yeah. it just comes natural. Wow. It goes by so fast. You know, like next thing, you know, you just enjoying the moment. Next thing you know, you you at the last song, get the last song into <laughs> the night. But I, I think for me, it's like it, it takes me to about the second or third song. Okay. And then I get into the zone, and then like you said, it's like it goes by like that. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. you, you're on such a high because you're, you're performing and you're you're getting to sing and you get that energy on stage. And, right. Right. Like, and and all of that goodness that comes along. With when you're doing it when you're doing it virtually is that different for you is it not the same or you're not getting that vibe or, or is there going to be somebody in the audience there so when it's virtual it's a little bit different because you don't have the audience to feed off of mm-hmm. right there in front of you right there in front of you you're trying to make sure that everything is perfect on video whereas most more so when you're live uh, a lot of times, you know, you're feeding off the audience. You might even improvise something that you didn't even do during rehearsal, and it just right. comes out. Yes, yes. A lot of times, virtually, you're just trying to make sure that you get it the way that you rehearse. Mm-hmm. So that's probably like the, the, the biggest difference. But still giving that same energy as if there were some people in front of you. You know what I mean? Like you gotta really bring it because you, you know, don't have that audience in front of you to feed off. So you know, since people are really watching it. From their devices or in the comfort of their home, you still have to give them that experience as if they were here right there. Absolutely. So you know, there's there's no cuts you know, in that. The yeah. same energy that you would get at an industry show. How many times do you run through the show before you feel like, yeah, this is it. This is it. Oh, you just rehearse with the band. You rehearse, you rehearse, rehearse by yourself. You rehearse by yourself. <laughs> you rehearse, it's rehearse, constant, rehearse, rehearse. Yeah. You rehearse with the background singer. Yeah, you just you just keep doing it, man. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably probably until it's over, then you can relax. Okay, done it. Yeah. Okay. I saw you with a uh, seven hundred two too. Uh, uh, the group I used to love them back in the day. Yeah. They, 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 they still got it. They still it's got it, man. So my cousin Corey Taylor is actually their manager. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he he used to manage SWV as well. Okay. Uh, he actually um, helped produce the reality show SWV Reunited. He was actually on that show. Uh, yeah, he was on it as well. Um, I believe wasn't he on? Um, he's been on a few other shows too. Yeah, yeah. So, he's he's pretty um, well um, respected in the industry as a manager. Is, He's worked with a lot of different people. Wow, yeah. Small world. Small world. All right. Well, guys, uh, we're at the second part of the show. Before we wrap it up, I want to play a little quick game with you guys. It's called Getting to Know You Rapid Fire. Just going to ask you some random questions, and you just give me your answer. I saw on your page this one, so I really want to know what you think. In this versus battle, who do you have? Michael Jackson or Chris Brown? Michael Jackson. No doubt. Oh, I, I think that today's generation, they love Chris Brown, and I'm like, yeah, hey, you know what, man? Chris, Chris Brown is amazing. Chris Brown is he's very talented, he's amazing. Uh, I love his energy. He brings energy every time. Yes, his is great. I mean, I I don't have nothing negative to say about 
Okay. It's just when you try to compare him to Michael Jackson, it's like, nah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Very he's few got, people can do it. Right. He's he's an amazing artist. Yeah, definitely. Um I always heard you don't do Luther and you don't do Michael. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we can add Whitney too. I don't know. Maybe. I have to I'd have to throw Prince in there too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely Prince, yeah. Uh who do you guys think that are some good singers besides you, yourself? Who would you like who would you listen to? Um, Bruno Mars, I like her. I like, um, is, it, is it just, is it old school, new school, or just? Oh, oh, just everything. I mean, you guys seem to have a pretty good range here. Man, that's so many. Um, I didn't, I didn't know. He's, even though he's working with us, I say Switch and Philip Ingram, DeBarge, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. Um, Aretha Franklin. I already mentioned Marvin. Uh, Lauren right. Hill. Uh, are we, are we, are we <laughs> yeah. Are are any of the new artists on um, on your guys' radar like uh, Ellie Mae or anything? Or, oh or yeah, like Ellie. She's she's dope. So, so yeah, like, like I said, her. I like her, and um, I like Daniel Caesar. Yeah. Um, I like to give props to P.J. Morton. P.J. Morton. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I still like Babyface too. He's he's been around for a minute, and he's from Indiana, where I'm at, and he comes to town every now and then. So he, he's still doing his thing too. So I, I like him. Yeah, but Babyface, well, he's, he's he's another person that's had we not only are we heavily influenced by his singing, but his songwriting and production. Like he's just on point. Like he's he's wrote hit after hit. Like how do you even you know fathom all this? Him and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I know, right? Yeah, that's true. If you guys were to go on a tour and you could pick two groups to travel with you, who would you take? Anybody. <laughs> two groups. And I know I people. With Maroon 5. Okay. Yep. Yep. I, I would say Silk Sonic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know that was a tough one there, but uh, let me ask you this. Despite uh, this guy's raunchy music sometimes, what do you think about R. Kelly as a singer? I think he's great. He, he, he's got a, R. Kelly can mimic anybody. Yeah, he can, yeah. So like, he knows how to, there's a song that he, um, I, it sounds like he had wrote it for him, Michael Jackson. Uh, which one was that? I'm doing a love letter album. You're not alone. Not that one. No, because he really did, he actually did write that one for Michael, Michael. Well, now this one is on R. Kelly's album. Oh. It's called I'm Not Feeling the Love. Oh, I'm not feeling the love. Either. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not, right there it sounds that like one. the way he sings it, it sounds like he wrote it for Mike. Mm. But I mean, he wrote, um, it was uh, Fortunate by Maxwell. He wrote that? Yeah. Um, wow. My name is Charlie, Charlie Wilson. Yeah. That was R. Kelly. I had no idea. Man. Yeah, and like you said, why we, we don't condone anything in his personal life, but oh no, you, no. you just look at the artistry alone. Absolutely, yeah. And the talent that he he was he's tremendously talented. Um, that's just that situation. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's it's unfortunate that he, you know, that he had to go down like that, man. And unfortunately, sometimes people's demons yeah. get the best of them, especially when you when you put them in a position of power. Yes. Yeah. Now they can just access whatever they want. Yep. Yeah. Demons can easily get out of control if they don't have 
right people in the corner. Yeah, exactly. You know, they just keep going left, 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 left. Next thing you know, right. it's beyond. Yep. Yeah, I, I think the higher up you go, I think you get surrounded by more yes people because they don't want to let you down. Like I think Michael Jackson experienced that. I think he got so far up that people didn't want to tell him, "Hey, man, maybe you don't want to, you know, do that." But uh, let me let me keep moving on here. Uh, what's the best advice you guys received about the music industry that you think might help you moving forward? You just got some thing from the uh, award show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's true. Good point. Because I thank you for reminding me that. So, so when I went to the um, Black Music Founders, um, whether it was the Whispers or whether it was Karen White or or the new or Cherry Hilson or whoever was Drew Hill, whoever was giving their speech, yes, when they got their award, they all said the same thing. They they all said that no matter no matter um, what you do in this industry. Don't let the industry change you. Because they yeah. said the industry, you, you can love the industry, but the industry won't love you back. <laughs> right. What they're, what, what they're basically saying is that don't don't lose yourself for the industry because it's basically not working. Always be you. Yeah. You know, don't lose who you are and what you bring to the table. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's still what's going to matter. That's what, that's what has kept these legends being in the business as long as they have. Because right. they didn't. And I agree. Mm-hmm. That was like such good advice. Yeah, that that is good advice. Um, like I said, I, also in that uh, in the remix of uh, your latest hit, uh, Friend Zone, I heard you rapping. Well, uh, you you rap pretty good. And and that was well. Oh yeah, I was okay. That was good, man. That's, that's I can tell you 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 good at that. You was feeling that, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to put, I try to put, put everything into any performance, and it's funny because that's like I, like my brother said, I used to just be in rap groups, and okay, and then when people would be like, um, not rap at school, and people would say, oh yeah, he can rap and everything. So then, like the other rappers in, at school, they always to challenge me, but I was never the type of person that would, you know, because I was kind of laid back and yeah, I wasn't like. You know, starting stuff like I, I was just a cool, like laid back person, but I yeah. always found myself having to defend myself, <laughs> and I would have to battle like almost every other day. Like, and yeah. I would win, and people would not believe it because I'm like, just like, how do you? <laughs> I always want to test it out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. But so when we were we was writing the friend zone, he asked me to do the rap, do a rap on. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I've seen people try that before. It don't work out. So I'm glad y'all good. Know what y'all doing? Uh, what would be one of y'all favorite movies of all time? One of mine is The Wiz. Mm. Good one. Good one. I like that movie. Yeah. Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Nipsey Russell. And yeah. Yeah. Richard Pryor. They just had all the stars and you love the music and the dancing and the colors. <laughs> yeah. It was just that's always that was. One of my favorites since I was a kid. Okay, yeah. And I have to say later, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is Robout. What was that? Robout? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a classic. That was a classic. <laughs> right. Oh man. Uh, yeah, people don't get Bow Wow his, uh, his props on that, but man, he did an excellent job in the movie. Uh, he's the other brother. What, what's the guy's name? The, uh, the, the skater in there, the the real guy, wears shirts all the way down to his belly. Oh yeah, Wesley Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job too. Yeah, you know, I was impressed with all of them. 
I think one of my favorite movies, I don't know if you guys know this one, but it's called Cooley High. It was a Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't know it. Yeah. That, that's up there too. That's up there. Yeah, that's uh, it's so hard to say goodbye, actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of our one of our friends, um, he's an older guy. He's also from Chicago. He reminds us a lot of Garrett Morris. Really? Okay. It's like spitting, like the spitting image, man. The way they carry themselves, the way they talk, everything. Yeah. That Chicago slang. <laughs> I call yeah. him Garrett Morris all the time. He just laughs. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, final question I ask you guys. Now, you guys in Ohio, and you guys get a little snow up there. Are you guys comfortable with that? Are you going to ever move away, or is that home for life? We would love to move. Yeah, it's not home for life. I mean, it will always be home in my heart. Yeah. But it won't have to be home, like, physically. Yeah, I love I love palm trees. I love the beaches and mountains. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Places with beautiful scenery. Uh, there's things about Ohio that's nice, especially Columbus. Columbus is a very diverse city, very multicultural. Okay. Uh, it's kind of laid back here. We're the home of the Ohio State. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Every wall, like it's just it's crazy here, man. I mean, campus, game day, it's always great during football season. Yeah. I remember our, our guy from here, uh, Greg Oden, came from here and went up there years ago. So he really liked wasn't it. A, wasn't it Mike Conley from India? Yeah, yeah. They was partners. Yeah, they, they both from here. I think Mike Mike might still be playing pro. He, he do, but, you know, Greg is Greg. So, but yeah, I see him, see him around every now and then. We talk every now and then. So he's doing all right. But, um, all right, guys. Well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for us. So go ahead and tell people again where your social or media footprints are again and again about the upcoming concert, where they can find that again. One more time, for us, you don't mind. Yeah, everybody, check us out. Ingram Street on Facebook. That's uh, facebook.com slash Ingram Street Music. You can follow us on our Instagram page. It's simply Ingram Street, all one word. You can follow us there. Uh, and then our Twitter account is Ingram Street, followed by the numbers too. And our main website is EnglandStreetMusic.com, and that's where you can go to get tickets to the show. And that's the show, Ingram Street, with Philip Ingram from the R&B legendary group Switch, Sunday, August 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern. Matter of fact, if you get your ticket before uh, the 15th, you will be eligible for a new package. Are you there? Announcing the winners on the 15th. So everybody still have a chance to win. Not, and, and even if you don't win, you got a great show lined up. So. Yes, yes, definitely gonna be a good show. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm just gonna go ahead and end the show by saying this. I once heard a famous person say, "You can be born once, but die a thousand times. So live your best life as often as you can." On behalf of What's Up Award Show, we thank you guys for English for stopping by today, and have a good one, everybody. Peace.